What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace. And my name is Tyler Short. Um, Tom Petty Part 2, man. Tom Petty Part 2. That's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. Um, but as always, we're going to chit-chat for a bit before we get into the main event. Tyler, you went to Tide Down in Detroit. It is my favorite hardcore festival I've ever been to, aside from the one that happens in my city. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm obliged to prefer that one. My Not dip. just because I get to sleep in my own bed, but because uh, I uh, I have to. I have to say that's the best one. But uh, from so a the- playing and attending point of view, Tied Down was incredible. Dude. So the the Midwest has put out the gauntlet, the best hardcore festivals in the country now. The two not... largest indoor hardcore festivals yep. ever, I think. Wow. It's fucking incredible, man. 2,200 people for Tied Down. Dude, so cool. Insane. So cool. I mean, videos I saw were awesome. I haven't heard anybody that I know that went playing or, you know, just going uh, to see to see the bands had nothing but good shit to say um, about everything. Uh, So tell me, I mean, what were some highlights for you? So both days I got there during the first band I really wanted to see. Yeah. Like they were both bands had were songs into their set and both bands. I just moshed without my knee brace with my knee braces in my hand and my contacts in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) so hold my own was the first day i got Mm. there during their set and just immediately started moshing um second day was cosmic joke got there immediately started moshing i met the singer from cosmic joke um at the pre-show um so that was that was it was cool to see them also like meeting him just because he's friends with uh some of the true love guys and then finding out like, Oh, he's in this band. I'm like, Oh, you're like the band I'm excited to see because they're the one I haven't seen before. Yeah. That rules. Um, Yeah. It was cool. Pre-show was awesome. We haven't played inclination. Hasn't played a floor in a very long time. So I was fucking drop kicking people and being a fucking psycho. Yeah. Um, I bruised my heel during the gates to hell set (laughs) doing aerial spin kicks into the side of the room. (laughs) <laughs> so i was like immediately like fuck now i gotta play like this um the weapon x set if i had to uh compare it to anything it was uh youtube um 90s vfw hardcore show and that's paradise that's what it was, Parad- what it was. <laughs> fucking paradise is it, what that it is. looked it looked like music videos i watched at school like on my college library computer like instead of doing my homework that's what it felt like i was doing um so that was that was awesome uh enemy of god is the local on the pre-show um they're fucking awesome we've uh constraint played with them the last time we played detroit um year the knife from what i could tell it was so ungodly hot Mm. i chilled outside and stretched during year the knife but they sounded great um karma i wasn't even going to pretend like i belonged in that room um (laughs) but they sounded good from outside um so chicago style bitch i can't resist moshing to karma so i know if i'm going to enter the room i'm going to misbehave so i just i opted out 
for that. Um, dude from what's his name? Singer from Karma. Jordan. Uh, Jordan, nicest dude. His stage moves are he's my favorite. Killer. He's, he's killer. you know, I a fr- I cannot take credit for this, but a friend said it's like he combines hardcore with like drunk Latino uncle dancing at a wedding vibe. <laughs> That's and it just perfect. And it just works because like he's yeah. you know, like when he'll, he'll hit like the little bachata like step or yeah. whatever, and it's like, dude, he's got style. So respect yeah. to karma, they rule. Yeah, he's a fucking G. Um, but uh yeah, so pre-show went off awesome. Um and then day one, hold my own was the start. I'm fucking totally gonna forget bands just because I'm not looking at the lineup. But well, yeah, I put you on the spot too. So. Um Man, I mean, I just, it, n- nobody I watched had a bad set for real. Like, um, I'm trying to think because Weapon X was the secret set for the first day mm-hmm. and they played in like a punk block. They did this both days. It was like Gag, Weapon X, and I can't remember who played after Weapon X if it was. I know Gel played shortly after them, mm. I think. I think. But Gel was good. Fucking Gag was good. Weapon X was awesome the second time. Um, True Love was amazing. Like, nice. I am a diehard for True Love. That is yeah. the another mistake my band that I did for years. True Love is the band I wanted another mistake to be (laughs) and it kind of was for a while but then i uh i even talked to uh alec from true love that um as much as i would have wanted um as much as i would have wanted to be able to write lyrics the way dom from true love writes lyrics like for another mistake to be an an band Mm -hmm. i was too personal i was too personally angry and Mm. um and not as eloquent so everything i wrote came off like right brigade <laughs> which which rules in its own way i wasn't smart yeah. enough to write like an so everything i wrote sounded like right brigade um which worked still yeah, worked but absolutely uh, but i will say uh true love i got to see their set list beforehand um and i even got up and i sang one uh part of or the end of one of the demo songs with with them it was Amazing, very emotional to me because I've been there since the day one. Like that rules. Me and, I, I knew Alec before the band. I knew Dom before the band. Rattletooth used to play with Damages all the time, so like I had that relationship with them forever. So when they started True Love, I was like, "Oh, this is the band you guys have dreamt of doing." Yes, this is amazing. I love this. So getting to do that, but I did see cover on the set list, and like um like Harry Potter's fucking scar on his head the scar on my hand like seized up like <laughs> what could the cover be because i broke my hand during a true love right brigade cover oh years God. ago and he was like oh it's carry on i was like okay that's fine <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna punch anybody and break my hand during a carry on cover which carry on song off my chest off my chest i'm just fucking awesome i, I, I would have guessed it i mean it was great it was it was great it was awesome um but yeah their set was awesome um magnitude was amazing played a new song their new record uh russ let me listen to a couple songs of it. amazing he got to do his part again for the third time now sick so that was 
that was cool um our set was nuts i was again drop kicking kids on stage being i saw some footage yeah did you see the the one with the cartoon noises in the background i didn't know someone edited one of our videos to like have like cartoon noises in the background and it's like like the like 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 great like those kind of noises and then there's like a big like bonk and i like drop kick some kid when it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny um zoomers man i love that. um but uh but yeah our was cool spy was cool and it was amazing um akil from end it sang the end of degradation with gorilla biscuits fuck yeah dude he a true entertainer perfect Akil. like they they were amazing he was dressed for uh he was dressed in he was wearing like a shirt and tie and he said during the set, like, everybody's asking me if I'm dressed for court. It's Sunday. Courts are closed on Sunday. But I walked up to him and I said, are you about to try to talk to me about our Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> in, the, in the Church of Latter-day Saints? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no. Um, but no, they were awesome. I got to hang out with their bass player, Patrick, a good amount at the fest. And it was cool. It was just tons of hangs, man. Yeah, man. Like, I got to really talk to people that I never get to talk to. And um, it was fucking awesome, man. It was, it was cool. It was cool seeing like people from bands going off for other bands, not just me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, Grill Biscuits was awesome. It was my first time getting to participate in a Grill Biscuits set. So I was stage diving like crazy. Um, of course. It was fun. Everything was fun. Never in a game was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I miss negative approach. That's a regret. I missed incendiary. That's oh. a regret. I was even walking to go watch incendiary and then they ended. Mm. And um, so I, uh, there were some things I missed, which sucks. But from what I heard, I heard is the, the craziest incendiary set that's happened in a while. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's what everybody which said. Fucking rules. Fucking rules. It, like I, I guess somebody said like they hadn't seen incendiary played at kids in a while. Yes, that's what it, like, and apparently it was the same vibes at the their show in Chicago the night before. Yeah, oh, that Chicago yeah. show. I talked to a bunch of the people who played that Chicago show. I think that Chicago show is gonna go down in the fucking books. Yeah. My buddy Nick Acosta was there like sending us videos like all night. It ruled. Metro selling out with that lineup that eclectic ass lineup mm -hmm. i was i told the drain dudes and i told the neg dudes and i told uh the incendiary guys i said you guys all changed a, you 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 all coming together to play one show changed people's lives legit you're gonna have punk kids who are checking out bands they would have never thought to check out mm -hmm. and you're gonna have died in the wool hardcore kids checking out bands that they would have never given a chance to. And you're going to have old guys realizing yeah. that hardcore is still fucking alive. That rules. Yeah. Unreal. It's, it was like a banner night for Chicago hardcore. Yeah. I, I can't, I, if it was almost regretful, I had to be at the, the second, my second favorite hardcore fest of all time, because I would have driven to that Chicago for that show. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have killed to be at that show. I would have killed to be in two places at once that night because from what I can, from what I can imagine, and what I heard, it's it was perfect. Rules. Um, but yeah, no, it was fucking awesome. Um, Drain was insane. I mean, yeah, they, they were had here, a they were here last foot, night. Totally they had a insane. ten foot beach ball. They had the the giant beach ball. Of course, 
I I haven't seen that. I haven't seen them have <laughs> to like blow up like a like a jimboree sized beach ball to roll around the uh the crowd. Um I I walked up to uh Xavier from Vamakara was up on the balcony while Drain was playing and I walked over to him and I leaned over to him and I went, "We're not in California." Right. <laughs> like this that's where you expect to see all this but it's fucking everywhere now yeah is the, that's like, the reaction that drain gets it's like right Yo, this is crazy <laughs> somebody at the new york show had made a custom shirt like i don't know if the band was involved or if it was completely bootleg but if um, my buddy showed me a picture of it that said like uh i saw drain in the great smog of new york city six eight like 23 or whatever because it was like you know the, like the, of it. the show was still gonna go on yeah. obviously especially like being indoors but it was kind of like you know going through an apocalyptic wasteland as people were on their way there um so yeah man, the it is that reaction i mean it's it's again one of those times where it's like we are witnessing uh a moment that is incredibly special not just for that band but to your point what it does the fucking rising tide that lifts everyone around mm -hmm. them too. Right. Yes. And, no, and I just mean... so well-earned, so fucking like earnest. And I, it, it looks like they're having a great time. So I hope they are having a great time and like enjoying every moment of this. They seem like it. I talked yeah. to Cody and Sammy for a minute at the, at the fest and they both, I, I ball washed Cody for a good amount of time and just basically gave him the, you deserve everything. Absolutely. Conversation. Um, but yeah, no dream was awesome. Uh, gridiron. I didn't participate, but I ate a pulled chicken sandwich during, and I felt like that was participating. <laughs> if eating, eating during a gridiron set is participating, eating barbecue during a eating barbecue. Set, felt like, like I was, it felt like I was doing, I wasn't, part. I wasn't there, but I like wore a football Jersey once. So I feel like I was part of it um right on but yeah no man it was just it was fucking awesome i Dude, i can't i can't think of anything any part of the weekend that i was like eh. um except for the fact that um i didn't eat really because <laughs> so i was that busy. sandwich was all you ate the, all i ate the first or the second day i didn't eat the i didn't eat anything the pre-show day until i had jets that night before bed um uh, in detroit yeah in detroit jets. respect um and I think the second day, the only thing I had was a piece of Jets pizza during the day. And that was you don't, that. You don't have to do that. There is food available. If there, you asked, people would bring you food. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I was too busy having to go to CVS to buy an elbow brace because I dislocated my elbow at the fest also. <laughs> yep. And I knew I was going to keep going. Of course. So I needed a brace. I didn't need to stop. Right. I need a brace. You just needed a brace so you could continue and then you come home with a, you know, fresh slate of injuries and go straight to work, I'm sure. I actually had one day off. Oh, shit. Amazing. I went back to work on Tuesday. So, you know, full recovery. Um, yeah, exactly. One day. One day. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not still in pain from the weekend or anything <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> no, never. But, dude, lastly, though, trapped under ice. Fuck yeah. It was amazing. It was... It was the most positive trapped under ice experience I've ever had. That's awesome. Because usually I'm trying to kill somebody. Yeah. And this was just fun. Well, you can be trying to kill somebody with a smile on your face the entire time. 
too. I was, I might have been trying to kill myself. So I guess Yourself, I might have yeah. still been trying to kill somebody with some of the dives I was doing were pretty fucking reckless. And they had, I was, I'm just thinking about this because they, they were just talking about this on the most recent episode of Axe to Grind because they were getting like, you know, Patrick from Drug Church was talking about Drug Church tied, World too. Of course, tied down and, and everything around it. And just like with, again, the special moment of TUI, because you've got, and it was this way when they played in New York recently too, like such a mix of like people like us who loved them when they were around. And I'll admit, I was always a TUI fan, but I think it it hasn't actually been until more recently that I realized that they were like, not just, they went in my mind from being like, oh, they're a really good hardcore band. I like them to like, holy shit, they've influenced this and this and this and this and this and a million other things that like I hadn't even realized before. But it's been so cool to see such a good mix of like, you know, kids enjoying TUI another time around and younger kids who didn't get to see them when they were actually like, you know, putting out those earlier records and going nuts. And I love just the idea too, that like, Turnstile is bringing in kids to see TUI. Yeah. Fucking Angel Dust is bringing in kids to see TUI. It's like, it's the, it's the amazing shit that happens. Like, it's like when we would read about like, you know, bands when we were kids and you'd find out like, or you'd see, oh, so-and-so used to be in this band. Let me check them out. Or yep. this person was wearing this shirt. Who's that? Let me check them out. And like, it just, it just rules. I feel like we're really having a moment this summer where, um, the thing that keeps coming to mind is that like rising tide lifting all boats. Like we've got these, we've got drain and TUI and a handful of other bands that are like the headliners, massive thousands of kids going off, but it's like everybody wins when, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's you're, you're up there, but you've got your hand reaching down. Absolutely. Like you didn't get up there and act like you got there by yourself. Yeah. And it's, you see it in, you know, who like, the choices drain makes and who to take out with them, like things like that. I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It makes me so happy. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it was special. It was amazing. Yeah, um, so rules. I was in heaven and uh, you're in hell. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, or blade runner 2049. Blade, yeah. You know, our, <laughs> our California listeners might be like, yeah, first time, you know, like, because they they have to deal with this shit pretty much every year. Your sky's red um, once. Yeah, but I will say, come on, like it 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 looks a lot more apocalyptic against like New York. Than, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the you know Quebec sent a bunch of fucking smoke down here, um, and it made for some cool pictures. But you know, I was worried about my little guy's fucking lungs. You know what I mean? Um, the air quality being that bad. So thankfully his school, because during COVID they got all these like, you know, industrial Ventil air purifiers. Yeah. So you could actually tell, and they always have them on because it's just like, mm -hmm. they do that now. Right. Yeah. But for the first time the other day, when I went to pick him up after being outside, you know, for just, it's a 10 minute walk from there. So hardly any time at all. For the first time I could like tell when I got inside, I was like, oh, this air is clean. And it felt, or I could tell the difference between like, oh, my house smells smoky, even though we've mm -hmm. got, you know, 
the windows closed and we've got our little air purifier going. Um, but yeah, you know, thankfully it seems like the worst of it is over, but um, it was pretty surreal. Um, yeah, I can imagine, and I, dude. And I don't know what it is like. Cause it was like a two hour period. It just came in. Th there was, yeah. And, and there was, there was a period of like complete darkness in the middle of the day at one point. Um, and then when the sun could finally come through and there weren't, wasn't that much cloud color cover, you know, it made this super eerie, like red sky. Yeah. Um, so, you know, made for some great pictures and it seems like everything's cool now, although the fires are still burning, but I'm, you know, I, I just feel like this thing is going to, this kind of thing is going to be more Keep of a happening. regular occurrence, oh, yeah. like all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just getting a little taste of that. But that's been the main shit in my week, although I have an exciting shit. It's not this weekend, but the next weekend, a big slate of rad shit coming up because we've got some big shows here in New York. It's going to be Biohazard and Indecision um, on a Friday. This is the weekend of the 16th on Friday night. And then the next night is Incendiary's record release. Oh, show. shit. Um, so fucking. That's with Fleshwater. Fleshwater, yeah. God, um, Fleshwater's still a band I haven't checked out that everybody tells me dude, I'm going to love it. They're your, I, I heard somebody describe it like they're your favorite band's favorite band right now. And that seems yeah. to be like where it is. Yeah, I've seen them a couple of times. Um, I haven't, I, I mean, I haven't listened to recorded output. I really mm -hmm. should. And I will before this show, but um, they're fucking great. And I'm I've heard they're really I've heard uh homegirl has in ears now and like it, it makes her performance like that's legit. People were like, uh, you know, she doesn't hit yeah. all the notes. Now she like hits. Yeah. All of the notes. A, and right. A, a singer like her needs to be able to hear herself. Yes. Like and and yo, I'm excited to see that. that yeah, that's what that, that's what I've heard is from, any, yeah. from anybody who said like if you saw Fleshwater before and you weren't mm -hmm. into it, you should see them now because it's a whole different game. Right on. Well, and I'm I stoked. still need to check it out. It, yeah. Visually, even just looking at the artwork, I'm like, I would like that. I know I like that. Dude. I just haven't, haven't got around to sitting down with it. Yeah, they're fucking cool. They're really Who cool. Who else played the Drain Show in uh, in New York? It was fucking... Is, is that the same lineup all the time, or is it? it's a, it's yeah, a shifting dr lineup, right? It is a shifting lineup, but it was Drain, Drug Church, Gel, um, Soul Blind. Soulblind um, wasn't on tied down, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you probably saw something I didn't get to see. And there was a drug church did an after show as well that you know your boy didn't go to um, mm -hmm. because because you're yes because you're it was doors at eleven thirty. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't go to the tied down after show. I'm <laughs> thirty four years old. Yeah. That was what I told people why I wasn't going. I know. I was like, y'all have fun, man. That that looks awesome, uh -huh. especially because it was on a, this was on a weeknight too. Um, but yeah, man, right on. It's it good shit going right now, man. Fucking yeah, dude. good vibes. Speaking of good vibes. Speaking man, of good vibes, Tom fucking Petty. Tom Petty. Yeah. Let's go. So this is part two. Um we on the first parter. I mean, you might be listening to this a week apart if you're checking them out as they come out. Um, you might be listening to them back to back if you came to this a little later, but we talked about uh, the self-titled Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers record, Damn the Torpedoes, and Full Moon Fever on the last episode. And today we're going to dive into 
Wildflowers, um, the She's the One soundtrack. And, For my request. Yeah, which was a great request because I had not listened to that in full in a very long time and found some songs that I legit didn't remember that now I love, um, which we'll talk about. And then uh, Greatest Hits, which covers a couple of, you know, it wasn't purely Greatest Hits because there was some new material on there, including mm -hmm. a hit single, but also some of the big songs off records that uh, we didn't talk about in full, which I'm excited about as well. Which maybe um, when we're done with Steve Rowe, we'll do a second pass on Tom Petty. Dude, I'd be totally down with it. I mean, we there. the good news is there's enough of this shit that we could do until we die, even if yes. we live to a ripe old age. So, um, you know, let's just keep going. Fuck yes, um, dude. So let's talk about Wildflowers. I think some of like the intro or context around this, we covered in part one, just because this was like the tour that both of us saw Tom yes. Petty on for the first time. And so at this point in the mid nineties is when both of us were are really aware. like, yeah, yeah, are aware probably like the first Petty record that we were like with as it came out. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of just stuff like, Oh, I like this. Cause you know, our parents listened to it. Or it was on the radio or whatever. Um, I mean, so I did I, like it cause my parents listened to it. Of course. But I mean, I, I remember being like, oh, it, it, it's that time, you know, 94, 95. It is me having that memory of being like new Tom Petty album. Right. Mm -hmm. Like and, and I had not had that level of awareness before yeah. as a young as a as a kid. Um, but this was the I mean, I think the things to note here and I'd love to hear what you have to say, Tyler, before we jump into the songs. This is the next Tom Petty without the heartbreakers record that he did at since after full moon, full moon fever. fever. Right. And in between was into the great wide open, which had some huge songs. But I think the thing that I noticed, you know, doing a little research about this is even though this wasn't officially a heartbreakers record, they're all on it. They're all on it literally. And like Mike Campbell's on almost every track and at least Everybody else in the Heartbreakers, you know, at least makes appearances on a couple of songs. So they still were collaborating quite a bit, even though this is like officially a Tom Petty solo record. This is also the first of three Tom Petty albums that Rick Rubin produced. Okay. Um, which I thought was, you know, I was trying to like go through and like, you know, like where could I potentially like hear some differences? Because it's definitely Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's Rick's thing is getting fucking amazing performances out of everybody he works with. Um, the, a funny thing about Rick Rubin that I am only made aware of in the past like year or two, because I've heard people talk about interviews that he's given recently mm -hmm. is how much he like really doesn't know what he's doing. He can't operate a soundboard that blew my mind. He's just kind of winging it. I and like, Yeah. Good for him, I guess. I mean, amazing. My whole life, I had assumed like, oh, well, he's a he must be engineering. He must be like, yeah, no, you know, setting levels, doing the board, blah blah blah. No, like I saw that interview you're talking about where it's like, so what are people paying you for? And he's like, my confidence in my taste. And I was like, <laughs> fucking get your shit. bag, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like, if I had heard him say that very early in his career, I would have been like, who is this fucking asshole? Yeah. But at this point with 
all the records across so many genres that yes. he's been on. I'm like, I mean, if there's fucking something worked, there, yeah, there's, there's something, something there. there. Like, <laughs> so fucking good for him. Yeah. So wh- who knows what he was actually doing in the studio with Tom Petty, but mm-hmm. he helped him make a fucking killer record. Even if he was just sharing there. opinions throughout <laughs> the process and somebody else was actually moving mics or adding shit in or whatever so fucking um, brilliant dude yeah yeah that rules um so yeah this is that's that's the little bit of context i have of of this record is there anything you would add before we dive in not really i mean wildflowers was something that i think like this song was just playing in my living room a lot when i was Mm -hmm. a kid and then when i because that greatest hits CD was really my like attachment to Tom Petty when I was CD player bound. Yep. And then really when I started to, I mean, I guess like seven years ago when I became like the music explorer of having all music at my fingertips at all times, Mm -hmm. that was when I started to reach back and really dig through records and that was when i like revisited wildflowers and was like oh not only do i have like a nostalgia for this but like this is this is amazing yeah absolutely and it's like it's got hits but it's also got a lot of other like excellent fucking songs that yeah some of the b-side tracks on this are next next level yeah, absolutely. And stuff that to your point too, even though I had I did listen to this quite a bit when I was younger, songs that I hadn't remembered, um, mm-hmm. that just weren't a regular part of my rotation that now I'm really glad are back canon. in my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're gonna be part of Tom Petty Cannon for me moving forward. Um so yeah, he he comes out of the gate with the title track and just rips your heart out of your chest immediately. Yep. Um <laughs> with wildflowers and i mean you know we i I think i mentioned this in part one um with your stepdad my stepdad he Mm -hmm. he took me to see him on this tour we played the song at his funeral so i it is i still don't i know i'm gonna get choked up but i'm still never gonna skip it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Um, is this your favorite song on the record you know I didn't pick this as my favorite song. It's probably the most meaningful mm-hmm. song for me on the record. Um, but I think I wouldn't pick it as my favorite just because it actually is quite painful, um, painful to listen to or just that. And, you know, it's it's about this, you know, a, a particular person who's meaningful to me in my life thinking about their death. But it's like it makes you think about like death in general and like i remember the the last few times i was listening to this song thinking a lot about like how sad it is that you know i immediately associate that like you deserve you know to be free and like those things like the assumption that that only happens in death um yeah you know like what would it like it's 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 not even it doesn't even cross my mind that like that could happen. That could happen in life. I could I could be among the wildflowers and be free and be with my lover and be worry, you know, careless, worryless in this life. But it it just immediately takes us to this place of like, 
the freedom comes when you finally get to rest, you know, regardless yeah, of I what's mean, happening there. So dude, I talked about that. Uh, I talked about that on stage once. Um, I talked about, I had this feeling maybe, I guess a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, we were in our house and mm -hmm. it was a morning. I was up for work. Ashton was still asleep. And it was really like that, like morning sky that's like blue, mm. like that, like eerie gray blue hue that happens in the morning when the sun's yep. up, but it hasn't really like shown up yet. Mm -hmm. And I was looking out my back door, getting ready to leave for work. And I like saw the next 30 years of my life knowing like I own this house like mm -hmm. for better or worse this will be the house I live in unless I'm buy another one or I or we lose it <laughs> right yeah like this is the I'm gonna I'm gonna face this door mm -hmm. six days a week and I I like literally I admitted this on stage I was like for the first time in my life I understood that like that feeling that when you die you're relieved mm-hmm because it's over you don't yeah. have to do and like like I, I shared this in the hopes that maybe kids would connect with this idea and maybe think about their lives that they shouldn't just be like grinding or like right. dedicated to their jobs above their lives mm -hmm. um i'm sure some people thought i was being a pussy <laughs> but um but I don't know. I feel like like sharing those like vulnerabilities are really important. And I think I like, totally agree. And I think that like this this song especially like really does like that makes me think of that. And like, but at the same time, like you saying, like, shouldn't we be able to like rest more while we're around and like be at peace more when we're around and we're like existing? And um yeah that's a that's something that i've never really thought about if, because i think it's a pretty song yeah it it dude you are so spot on and it it manages to be such an incredibly happy song and such a sad song at the same time or such a like yeah a, like you said a pretty song a beautiful song pretty pretty melody pretty lyrics and things like that but then you can like you know, whether it's because of an association with a particular like moment in your life or a person, or just that thought of like, even if you're at a place in your life where you're generally happy, right? Like you're grateful for like, you know, I have a partner I love, I get to make art that I care about. I have great friends and all this. There's still like this, is this it kind yeah. of like feeling, right? And I don't think it, I don't think if you ask that question, that doesn't mean that you're ungrateful for what you have. It just means no. you're, you're reckoning with what the fuck it means to like one exist on this planet as a human, but also realizing that like we don't get to exist separate from all the systems that were built around us before we were even born. Yeah. Like we don't, we can only imagine what it would be like to just be a blank slate because there's no such thing as that. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're all, you know, we realize parts of the ways that we're conditioned, but part of what conditioning is, is there are all kinds of ways we don't even realize it. And I yep. think, um, 
you know, and that's true even for the most punk person on the planet. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So oh, absolutely. Um, all that said, it's like, it's, it's amazing to think Tom Petty's, we say this about Steve Earle sometimes, and I think it's true here too. There any other artist or many other artists, this would be the career defining song in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for him, it's like just another one on a really mm-hmm. long list of them. Um, but he, he hit something really special here in what is a pretty simple song. Like oh, nothing, yeah. nothing super fancy, but like, dude, it just shakes me to my core every time. One my, the thing the I only wrote two sentences about this song, knowing that we would be able to just like talk about it in mm-hmm. multiple uh, different facets. But my two, the two things I boiled this down to is, uh, this is maybe my favorite of his songs that's like this, if that makes sense. Mm. And I said, which makes sense because it's probably the best one like this. <laughs> I agree with that, right? I think I wrote on another song a little later on in this record that like the, I call them the quieter songs, right? Just yeah. basically like the non-rockers. Mm-hmm. They tend to go, I tend to go one extreme or another with them. Either yeah. either I you love them or you just love it or it's just like dude uh, I don't yep. feel this one so this is I think I knew exactly what you meant when you were like of these type of songs, um, and it's like bold move to open with it. I mean I know there there was I, I it makes me wonder I wonder if he went into this knowing that like the record's going to be called Wildflowers or if it's like after mm-hmm. writing this song they were like this is it. Maybe yeah, Rick, you, maybe he played it for Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin was like, that's the title track. <laughs> yeah. Know? Something about like the record being called Wildflowers, the, this being the first song, the cover art. Yeah. The cover art looks like this song sounds. Spot fucking on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like everything about this is is great. And I am dying to find a this era Tom Petty shirt. Mm-hmm. Isaac has a couple, mm-hmm. I think, and I'm pretty sure he snagged one off Depop right from under me. Man, I, I got. To, I need to keep my eye out. My, I got pictures of me in that tour shirt, but I, no idea where it went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of the. Oh I, yeah. I was too young to like give a shit about like this. I need to hang on to this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now I'm like, fuck. Um, it is. It's funny the random shit you do end up keeping from like the era an era in your life before you cared about keeping stuff yeah if you know what that means you just like, accidentally held on to something <clears throat> i have a skid row youth gone wild shirt from 19 fuck yeah you do i mean and i you know don't give me i think that's fucking awesome like no regrets there but i'm like why did i hold on to that and mm-hmm. not the tom petty shirt like who knows you know like i i have no memories. i don't know but that skid row record is uh next fucking level it's a fucking killer um it rules like they had a you know we could we could do a deep dive on skid row as well Um, i I would (laughs) i have a lot i could tell you about i could tell you about rachel bolin hitting on me um at a show in memphis when they were doing one of those tours with a different singer which i guess they still are Uh um but they played a very they played a small club show and when i say small it was like Half the crowd was hardcore kids. It was like our friends who were like, "We're gonna go see fucking go see Row. Yeah, fuck because, yeah, you are. because we we like we loved it both genuinely and ironically. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like like we would always do the like 
no, 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 no. What can I do? Uh, like those kind of lines. But yeah. then like Youth Gone Wild, I'm like, that's a fucking like cruising along if ever there was one. You know what I mean? Yes. So, the the riff and yeah. Can't Stand the Heartache is, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that, it. That riff, <laughs> the riff in fucking um, a Piece of Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. And then just it, Motley Crue, dude. It's just Motley Crue. It is. But then I would argue this. And then we'll go back to Tom Petty. The title track off the next record, Slave to the Grind, is a hardcore song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> like 100%. It's hardcore art. It looks like yeah. the art for the candy record. It looks like the art for the candy <laughs> record. And I mean, have you seen the, I mean, this was during Warzone's What the Fuck Are You Doing period. Yeah. But they were hanging out. There's a picture of Sebastian Bach in a Warzone shirt. Dude, when, uh, um, I promise we'll get back to Tom Petty soon, but my friend Matt, uh, <laughs> lives out in california and works in like tv production uh-huh. and he worked for some channel like entertainment news like e kind of channel yeah um but sebastian bach was on to do like some press for something and um he said of all the people who ever came on he was the only one who talked to the crew fuck yeah and he was just hanging around, just talking to anybody who worked there. And then while he was hanging around talking to people, he like saw my friend Matt and saw his tattoos and was like, like zeroed right in on my friend Matt and was like, it's like, what's up, man? And he's like, and he was just asking me, he's like, what kind of music do you like? And he was like, he's like, oh, I like, like hardcore, like stuff like that. He's like, I, I like your band. And he goes, he was like, like hardcore, like the Chromags and stuff like that. And I was, and he was like, yeah, I like exactly stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I saw Bad Brains. Of course he did. Like, that's what. <laughs> That fu- one that fucking rules because like I've what I've heard is in his younger years like many people were Sebastian Bach could be kind of a dickhead mm-hmm. but then that you know I mean that was fucking forty years ago and that like now anybody that's had an interaction with him is same things like super friendly talks about just recognizes everybody and doesn't think mm-hmm. he's better than anybody but also it is just so funny to think like yeah dude Skid Row as much as they got associated with, you know, glam and all that kind of stuff. One, they had a harder edge. Two, they weren't on the Sunset Strip. They were in New York City yeah. in the mid to late 80s. And so, yeah, he saw Chromags and Bad Brains and Warzone and like was around. I wonder what they fucking thought about him, but he was mm-hmm. definitely around. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, fuck yeah, dude. How did we get? Oh, t-shirts. Yeah. We got to snag some more yeah. Tom Petty merch. Cause, mm-hmm. And the other thing I remember too, though, and it just, just I forgot how to, we ended up on Skid Row. It's, yeah. It speaks to Wildflowers though, because on the last tour, well, and I didn't know if we didn't know it was going to be the last tour at the mm-hmm. time, but the last time I saw him um, at Forest Hill Stadium, the merch was terrible because I came full on being like, I'll drop fucking $60 yeah, on a yeah. t-shirt tonight, you know, like this rules. And it was like, it was bad. You know, I was like, I can't yeah. buy any of this shit. I'd never wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so all the more reason that like, if there's any Tom Petty stuff worth having, it's like finding some, some vintage shit, a crazy that stuff from when that we remember is vintage, but yes, I guess that counts. Yeah. 94 is vintage now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I know God that my friend sent me this like TikTok of a, of a teacher giving their kids like, you know, probably like fifth graders, like, 90s trivia questions and they couldn't get any of them and i was like we can laugh at this but like would we have gotten 60s trivia if like 
art teacher and doing that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I could have, you know, maybe talked about Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, but when they're asking questions about like obscure technologies from the nineties and shit like that, like, you know, anyway, is it multiple choice? No, it's like, <laughs> leave, leave the kids alone. Um, they're, they'll be dunking on us soon enough. They already are. They already um, are. So from wildflowers, we go into, you don't know how it feels, which I'll say this, a big hit, a song that I don't love, but that like makes me feel warm and fuzzy because it's got a nostalgia for me. This is my favorite song on the record. This is your favorite song on the record? Mm -hmm. I was fucking wrong again. Um, I just, I there's something about this song. I just, I love the sing-along. Um, like, I wrote, I wrote, catch me singing along. Let's roll another joint out here. Like, I just like something about that chorus, like really, really catches me. And I think this song is just a fucking hit. Dude, I hear you on that. I'm glad you mentioned the chorus and the roll another joint line, because the thing I always remember too is, do you remember how bad like the radio edit was on this? No, because they would try to what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I'll have to send you a link because I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Me and Tom actually joke about this all the time. They were trying to make it sound like let's roll another house, like toilet papering a house, you know, uh -huh. but it's like, let's get to the point. Let's roll another. It's so bad. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And I could like I remembered that. I don't know if it was everywhere, but at least on like certain like the like Memphis radio station, they had to play that version because they wouldn't let them play the role Dude, another just joint don't line. Play the song. I know. If you gotta or play e that, or even literally just, just blank. it out, blanking it out would have even yeah. sounded better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's so funny. Like, but it it I just will always remember that about the song because it was like. Oh, I'd be like getting ready to sing along to the joint part. And then I'd like remember like, oh, this isn't my CD. This is the radio. Like, I, I will say this. I came around to this being my favorite song in this listen, like okay. in these listens. I think looking at the at the track list for this, there's one I obviously would go, oh, yeah, that's my favorite song. Yeah, that's my favorite song. But the more I listen to that song that I thought was my favorite, I realized that you don't know how it feels just really just makes me it gets me there in a right way on, that man. none of the others in, in a way that the song I thought was my favorite doesn't got it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the next song is time to move on. I don't like what he does with his vocals on this song. That's really, really? my main thing. Yeah. I, uh, I think this song's kind of overlooked. Um, I've always really liked it. Um, I will say the rhyme, one of the things I wrote is the rhyme scheme kind of feels like John Prine sometimes. Oh, interesting. Like I hear a little bit of like the way he like, um, I'm trying to, I'm going to look up the lyrics right now. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's like a certain lyric in the way he rhymes it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I hear like John Prine in this. Um, the conscientious objector now now we're on or the she's an honest defector conscientious objector now we're on protector yeah like that's like very those, john prine yeah. yeah those those little things i'm like that's that's really 
it's it's fun. I think he like plays around on this song a little bit, and I do like it. But I, I'm 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 on now. I feel like I need to re-listen to it and think about like what is what's he doing with his voice that's different because I don't recall anything different. It's different. I, okay. I have trouble describing. There's a couple of moments here, and there's like a song later that I think would be excellent, but he like does weird stuff on the chorus instead of singing it, and um, I I. I don't know. Like I tend to get sensitive to that kind of thing. It's kind of like us talking about, um, you know, the song, the New York city, the song Steve did with yep. the super suckers where I was like, why did you have to put the megaphone on the chorus or whatever? Yeah. You know, you're the answering machine voice. Like mm-hmm. this would be perfect without it. But part of it too, is just remembering like it's the nineties in the nineties, the aesthetically, that was like a very frequently used thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the few things that I think doesn't really hold up well, <laughs> but yes, yeah. neither here nor there. Um, yeah, man, right on. Well, I'll, I'll give time to move on another listen, but the vocals kind of missed me. Next is you wreck me. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so what I'll say is um, without even realizing it, when I was playing in, um half acre gun room country rock band i was in this was always my sound check riff really like never you know just the when we yeah when we play a proper like said whenever we played a room where there was an actual sound guy yeah you know what i mean and it was like you know guitar stage left or whatever first thing i would do is that's like not even thinking like I'm going to play you wreck me, you know, but it's just, it is that perfect of a rock riff. Oh yeah. To me. So um, yeah, no, um, I, I wrote, uh, this is the Tom Petty sound in a truly pure form, pure form. It's like fucking distilled. This is Mm -hmm. it, man. This is it. It's it's, uh, it's amazing. I wrote, this sounds like a heartbreakers track that could have been on any previous record. hundred percent. Yeah. Totally and one agree. one thing I wrote while listening to this on whichever fucking third or fourth or fifth pass I had on it yeah. is uh this record sounds so fucking good. Well, so that that's where part of me is like is that part of what Rick Rubin does? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he just he can he's got the ear, right? What if he's the one who made him do the weird voice thing on Time to Move On though? Well, it's worth it in the long run because <laughs> he made shit sound good i end up having these thoughts too about like time periods this happens a lot in hardcore too right because like i'm i'm a definitely a proponent nowadays too that like home recording software is so accessible even if you don't have a lot of money or whatever that like no band unless they're making an aesthetic choice to do it should be putting out like a shitty boombox demo like Mm -hmm. we used to make but I'd have these moments where like, I'll go back and listen to certain hardcore records from the nineties, especially, and be like, this sounds so thin. You know, I wish it sounded like, like the song is awesome, but it sounds so fucking bleh. And then I would tell myself like, ah, it was the time, right? Like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then I'll turn around and go back to something else. Like low key, do you know what, in my opinion, one of the hardest sounding hardcore slash metalcore records of the 90s is where blood and fire bring rest by zayo i've never been a zayo guy 
I mean, I was definitely a Zayo guy for a while. Mm-hmm. But this record in particular, there's you could listen to others. I think it came out in 97. You could listen to other stuff that came out the same year that has fucking riffs that are great songs, but it's just like the recording is thin, you know, just all the usual yeah. stuff with like older, older stuff. Right. I'm like, and these dudes were not like, they weren't in some huge, you know, studio with a big record yeah. contract or anything like that. They were, you know, it was like dudes from like West Virginia and, you know, Western Pennsylvania in this band. They made a fucking metalcore record. Christian or not, that just sounds fucking gigantic, <laughs> you know? So, um, like I, I remember it'd be jarring cause I'd listen to something else. And then one of those songs would come on and like the bass would just like punch me in the gut. Um, so all that's that the, the record with the bringing a knife to a gunfight. Is that, that, that record? No, that's not that mm-hmm. record. Never. Heard um, that one, then. yeah, it's weird. It's, I mean, there's a lot musically that is nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. But it's just but like the sound is good. The sound yeah. like I if you 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 believe it was like recorded recently, but it was mm-hmm. recorded in 1997, which is just kind of mind blowing. Anyway, I, I make that point to say Tom Petty's always had good recordings, right? Yeah. But like this record does sound really big and like really like the the mellow tracks still sound like big room mellow tracks, mm-hmm. and the rockers really rock. Um, and I appreciate that. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, whoever the fuck is responsible for that. Well, our uh, our boy who worked on El Corazon worked on this record, too. Ah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You told me that. I mean, again, in the... Tony Brown, I think. Tony Brown. Like, yeah. like the the unsung heroes. Doing he was the, the guy who pushed the button work. that Rick Rubin told him to push. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... Maybe managers are worth something after all. Um, it is just so fun. I went my whole life just assuming that Rick was running the soundboard. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's no. mind blowing. Um, and that he just like never learned. You would even think of somebody yeah. that had been in just by virtue of being around in the studio for that many hundreds of thousands of hours. Yeah, you'd ask some questions, maybe something, something. Yeah, Yeah. nope, fuck it. I sit on the couch and I say, "Fix what's broken." Yeah, and I stroke my beard and I, dude, fuck yeah. Well, "You Wreck Me" is my favorite song on the record. Really, two others that are really close competition, but "You Wreck Me" wins just for pure. Damn, we're just right out the gates with this one, then. I know, like just what it distills. What a great, what a great song, dude. Good pick. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. And next is It's Good to Be King. Um, And I have similar feelings with this one as I do with You Don't Know How It Feels in that it's not my favorite song, Mm -hmm. but like I, it makes me feel so good. Like, especially like the outro, the extended kind of moody outro. Mm -hmm. Um, It just gives me like good feelings, like good memories of my youth. Like, yeah, yeah fucking being like up late with my friends doing shit and like having this on the CD player in the background, like, you know, or like playing video games and like listening to this while we did it. Like, um, so it's just good vibes from it, but I don't think it's like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. I think this song for me, it is just a nostalgia itch. And what I wrote was, I see how this is a biggish song of his, 
mm-hmm. like of his popular songs, I think this one is just okay. Yeah. I totally agree. Like this goes in a pile with a lot of Tom Petty songs and I'm like, I get why people like this, but like, it's fine. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, next is only a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too much Beatles for me. I wrote, I hear some Beatles in this song. <laughs> that being said, kind of boring. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a good summary, right? I, I, that, that's very validating to me. Cause that, that's what I try to like, you know, really be clear on. It's not that I don't like the Beatles. It's that I don't like too much Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this kind of like the knobs just turned a little too far. Um, and it gets a little boring for me. I'm have I need to remind myself how oh yeah, this is so Beatles. God damn. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. so Beatles and it's four and a half minutes long. If it was if it two, was two and a half, three. Yeah, maybe yeah. I would be cool with it, but yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Dude, the next song, Honeybee, is an example of a song that I didn't remember from when I used to listen to this album a lot. I remember this song. Dude, what this a riff. The f- I, I wrote fat fucking southern ass stomper riff. Dude, this <laughs> fucking riff, man. Dude, if you, if you haven't listened to word. That's the first thing I wrote. There. That rules. Hip, if if you're listening to this and you don't immediately have that riff in your head, hit pause, turn on Honeybee, and listen to this fucking fat ass stomper of a riff. God, it's hard. Come dude. back, yeah, sexy it's ass riff. riff. Yeah, dude. God, it's great. I That's wrote, what... I wrote this fucking riff, man. Fucking sexy ass riff. My God, you kidding me? I have certain. You kidding me? I love it. I will. I have a genre of riffs I call southern ass stompers. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. I feel like Albatross by Corrosion of Conformity is one that nice. I put in there, where I'm just like, you know where this band's from, uh-huh. <laughs> like immediately. Dude, also the uh, the I'm a boy in short pants lyric always cracks me up. I know it always Dude. cracks me up. There's some funny lines that I like didn't. I'm thinking of an- this line and another one off one of the She's the One songs where I was just like, I don't remember this at all, but that's hilarious. It's so um, funny. It's so funny that he can throw a, a, a silly-ass lyric like that in this hard-ass song, and you're like, yeah, let's just go. Yeah, right? It <laughs> this, works. This doesn't take me out at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, it, fuck, dude. Dude, it rules. Yeah, Honeybee. Yeah, Honeybee fucking rocks, dude. Fucking I might rocks. get a Honeybee tattooed on me because of this. <laughs> I love it. I've, I'm in full support of this. Um, we'll start a Patreon, not as like a long-term thing, but literally. Just to get just, Tom Petty tattoo? Just to get Tom Petty tattoos. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the next is the opposite of an ass stomping riff, but. But this song rocks. This song rocks. So don't fade on me. I wrote, I wrote what we were talking about earlier. These quiet acoustic songs tend to go either one extreme mm-hmm. or the other for me, but I really fuck with this one. This is a great song. This song, um, like, cause I, so when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a Saturday night live skit. that was, uh, Bob Dylan and Tom Petty having a conversation. Yes, I do remember this. <laughs> Incredibly funny, but like, so they were friends. They were really close friends. 
And this song is one in particular where I'm like, I can hear where he's like channeling his friend. 100%. In this song. Like I hear a lot of Dylan in this song. There's a couple of songs we're going to talk about today that I hear a lot of Dylan's influence. One that's like obvious, like this is what Tom Petty is doing. He's like, yeah, that one Bob Dylan song. I'm just going to like kind of borrow parts of that. Um, But this one, I definitely hear this. And dude, it's it's. It's cool, man. It's a creepy, cool song. Fuck yeah. It really yeah. is. Fuck yeah. Hey, like um, like one of those new grunge bands or whatever could cover this. 100%. Yeah. Like Narrowhead or or Soulblind or one of those like... Well, yeah, I was just thinking about Soulblind too because there's a song later called Crawling Back to You. Yeah. <laughs> um different song but like mm-hmm. r- reminds me yeah they could totally cover this mm-hmm. it would be amazing fuck yes dude um tell me what you think about the next three man because i got a i got a low period here through really high, the next through three? a higher place yeah the next three they're all different none of them really do anything for me till we get to a higher place okay so hard on me i i, I have i've got a um i had a a bit of a journey on this one. I definitely okay. have my first notes and then I have my most recent note that okay, tell, I had to add to it. Tell us about it. Um, I think drive by truckers have a song that reminds me of this song is fine compared to true heaters on this record. And then I wrote actually, Jesus, this song is so boring. <laughs> I love it. So I walked away from this. song. <laughs> during this exercise i was like kind of in for it almost maybe and it completely lost me dude cabin down below i put right up next to honeybee really that riff too dude i mean yeah it's a cool riff but it's it's hard all right cabin down below is hard dude it's got attitude it's got swag um it's a beast um I wrote, I wrote, this song's an absolute beast. The attitude, the swag, the song has it. Whatever it is, this song has it in spades. It, but it just, it comes off corny to me in a way that Honeybee didn't. And I, d- I know that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense, motherfucker. But, but and anybody my... who, who, likes, who well, likes both of these songs is going to not understand this. Well, the, the good thing is taste does not have to make any sense. So I'm, oh, I'm not trying to argue any of this as objective fact. It just didn't hit me at all the same way. Um. And uh, for To Find a Friend, this is the other song that he's definitely like using, blowing in the wind from Bob Dylan. Like that's, this Mm -hmm. is, he's he's borrowing from from that in this song. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote songs perfectly cool, not outstanding for this record. It fits and it works, but it doesn't knock my socks off. Yep. I think that's a fair assessment. Yep. Um, A Higher Place. I th- think is a really catchy song. I um, had a I had a a a journey with this song as well. <laughs> did you? It so off off the bat I got big like Elliot Smith vibes and in a good way because there's some I've never really, listened to Elliot Smith before. Really? Yeah. Um I think there's a lot of stuff you would really fuck with. Okay. Um like we'll we'll I'll send you a few things uh to be give me a, a record to start with and if i can just get into okay. one record then i can move yeah, i'll get i'll give you a record to start with i think okay. I'll, I'll have to think between two of them because and i and i'm 
I'm not a super fan. There's stuff mm -hmm. in his catalog that I don't love, but the stuff that I like, I really like. There's always been um, too much of a catalog for me to even know where to jump in. I hear that. I hear that. Um, and I think the vibes I got, though, I mean, it's nothing like super unique, but Tom Petty always uses harmonies, but there's some really heavy ha vocal harmonizing on this. Mm -hmm. And that was um, kind of an Elliott Smith trademark. Uh, and there's I mean, this specific is specific vocal harmony in the song that makes me think about Steve Miller band. Dude, that's apt. That, like... that one part, that's the part where I get in for this song mm -hmm. initially. And then, so I wrote, I'm kind of out for the song till the halfway point when he hits that Steve Miller note. And then I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. And then my revisiting next thought on this is actually, I'm a moron. This song goes the whole time. Um, and like, I just, I love it now. I absolutely love this song now. I fucking love the song too. So we are on the same page with this. I'm also really glad you mentioned Steve Miller. Um, low key the stuff that I always think of Steve Miller band and fucking Boston. Oh that, yeah. That they achieved with harmony where I was like, how was this not done by a computer? You know what I mean? With like the way that their voices were like, they were doing so this perfect. on tape. They were doing this on tape, live voices. Like, so it just makes it that much more impressive. Dude, um, Boston rocks. Boston fucking rocks, dude. Um, um One of my early, uh, early skate videos i was in i skated to jet airliner no shit mm -hmm. that rules it, it's a i wish it was on the internet it's a really good video part <laughs> i'm like 15 is it oh <laughs> do you have a vhs copy i think i used to have a dvd copy of it like that a burned dvd what a badass song to skate to dude oh yeah dude it's good um it's awesome. yo speaking of soundtrack though like um higher place has a soundtrack vibe yeah i can hear like, that this song sounds like it belongs in a movie also in the my listening to it today um the where he's talking about finding a higher place or whatever i i had a theory that tom petty might have gotten surgery or something around this time when did Waterworld come out because maybe he saw Waterworld while he was like between anesthesia. And that's the. Uh... Mm, Waterworld came out the following year. Following year. Yeah. yeah. So it was same time period, but it was after Wildflowers came out. I had a I had a I had a theory for a second. I heard a very funny thing. Um, so a podcast I listened to um, um, that Behind the Bastards podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm -mm. um it's pretty funny um but it's like a weekly podcast got, they go into like horrible pieces of shit of history nice. and they did one on vince mcmahon recently okay but in the course of talking about vince mcmahon for like six parts or something like that they told a bunch of awesome stories about andre the giant and um, um but one of the episodes they spent a bunch of time talking about jesse ventura ah and they talked they they mentioned one of the crazy like um one of the crazy conspiracy theories that jesse ventura believes now but they talked about how he had like a crazy like one of the reasons he had to stop wrestling is because he ended up in the hospital like with some like severe condition mm. with his heart and he was super out of it for a few days and the conspiracy theory he has is almost verbatim a storyline from a G.I. Joe movie. And they were like, I wonder if he was like real fucked up in the hospital and this G.I. Joe movie just happened to be on. 
<laughs> and it like so entered it his con- subconscious. It like, convinced him it actually <laughs> happened. Dude. <laughs> that. Which he is... looks like Sergeant Slaughter, so I can see him thinking. That's amazing. Dude. <laughs> so I had this, I had this idea listening to Higher Place. I was like, fuck, this is like, like I can imagine like, like seeing Waterworld <laughs> Maybe... being like, Oh man, I need to get to a higher place. Maybe he was just getting high with Kevin Costner one night and he told him, I'm about to do this movie, man. <laughs> it's about what if I'm about to do this movie water? and ruin my career and for ruin- years. <laughs> what if like the whole world was water? And didn't isn't this the movie that they had to go back and spend millions of dollars to reshoot parts of it because it yes. was so obvious how bald Kevin Costner was and he didn't like that? Was that why? Or? Oh, I don't know. I've, I imagine that might have been. I know they spent a bunch of money. I didn't know that was maybe one of the reasons. I don't. I, that's what I remember is that that's like sad. they did, you know, the first cut or whatever. And he was like, I look so bald. <laughs> no. And, you know, the, so, so what they ended up doing was like reshooting hours and hours of scenes that that were done um yeah man bro world what a fucking movie dude mid 90s fucking rolled i remember it was a crazy time i went to see jurassic park on opening night with my friend and his mom and it like i don't know if i'll ever reach that level of hype in my life again like standing on the street this would have been what was that was that 94 Anyway, I was I was a child, so yeah. Yeah, the first like I was amped out of my fucking mind. And I that, it was legitimately scary too. Like I remember oh, yeah. I don't think of Jurassic Park as a scary movie now, but when we saw it and when I was a kid in the theater with like the big sounds and shit, mm-hmm. I was like shitting myself in there. God, we gotta move through this record, but I do <laughs> now have to tell a Jurassic Park story about my dad. Okay. I want to My dad it. takes me to see Jurassic Park in theaters like opening week. Yeah. Um, we're at the, it was like old school theater where like you, like it's actually the current theater I go to with my mom to see fucking Marvel movies and John Wick movies. But yeah. back then they had like the window outside, uh-huh. you know, where you buy the ticket on the street. Yeah. 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 And my dad walks up and he's like, two for Jurassic Park. And the guy, um, the guy selling the ticket like looks around my dad and looks at me <laughs> standing there and he goes, he might be too young for this movie. And my dad looks at him and goes, is it about dinosaurs? <laughs> he loves dinosaurs. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's also funny to think in retrospect, like the dude selling the ticket was probably like 17 or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He like took one look at me and I'm like six years old. He's like, he might be too young for this. And Ed said, is it a movie about dinosaurs? <laughs> he loves dinosaurs. And then like, a... five minutes into the movie, I'm like, there's a raptor ripping somebody <laughs> apart right now. Dude. Oh it no. Was... <laughs> it was legit terrifying. And they yes. did, I remember they did a good job, like the fucking speaker, like the, the floor would shake, you oh, know, yeah. like with the sound. When the T-Rex was jamming around. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Dude, I'm sure these are things that kids today would like roll their eyes at, but it was like the fucking pinnacle of culture when we were kids. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. We do need to keep moving. Um, yeah, so what's House in the Woods? Um, I like this song okay, man. It's the song nice. starts way too similar to the Wonder Years theme song. Uh Joe Cocker's version of Little Help from My Friends. Yes. 
when the uh when the guitar kicks in and his oh. voice kicks in with the yeah. it sounds like that version from the Wonder Years theme song. And um I wrote, other than that, not an extraordinary song, but it was it but it is without a doubt a song on this record. Without a doubt, a song on this record. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about yeah. it either. So Crawling Back to You is an example of a song that, again, I had forgotten. Same. But is fucking great. You know what and I hear in this? What do you hear in this? Jason Isbell. I hear Jason Isbell, too. And there's a song we'll talk about later that I'm realizing now that, like, I think Jason Isbell ripped off. Um, oh, really? And it, it's not this one. Not, but I, I'm but not I can, surprised. But I can hear this one. Um, I'm, and, you know, hearing when I, this, I'm hearing Tom Petty influence on Drive by Truckers and Jason Isbell oh, and in, I'm this, sure, in, in this exercise. And I'm sure they don't up to it immediately. Oh, yeah. You know? um, but th this song also, some of the, man, I wrote the line, waiting by the side of the road for data breaks so we, so we could go down into Los Angeles with dirty hands and worn out knees. Like, it, he, this song really painted a picture for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I fucking really, really liked it. It was like one where I was like, I have no recollection of this song, but it is fucking excellent. Me either. I think I rarely made it this far in this record when I would listen to it. Um, yep. This song should be the last song on the record. That's exactly what I wrote. Because Wake Up Time, I said, I like parts of it. I love the line, you hang out forever and still miss the dance. Um, but dude, why does he speak the chorus instead of singing it? I don't Kills know. Me. Kills it me. does again though there's a drive by trucker song that reminds me of this but also i really don't care for this it's song. Not, i can lose it <laughs> i think if they would have closed with crawling back to you it would have been perfect absolutely yeah, i agree um well for the sake of time and because before we close we'll do like another back like run through and rank mm -hmm. um let's let's jump right into um she's the one he's the one the movie's fine if you haven't seen the movie, the movie's fine. I, I, she's the one is a movie that I have watched four times in my life, probably because I forget how it goes. And every time I watch it, I go, Oh, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about this. Ed Burns, I, I say, I think Ben Affleck came in and stole that guy's career, um, filled the void that he was, uh, or filled the shoes he was currently filling. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, it's it's a fine movie. Cameron Diaz is absolutely in it, and so is Jennifer Aniston. Um, it's a good movie about cheating. I will yeah. say that. I I read the Wikipedia plot summary, and I was like, "It's a this good movie about cheating." It definitely accurately like makes you feel like as good and bad about that kind of behavior as that probably does make mm. certain people feel yeah um and uh blows up in their face the same way it usually does for most people yeah um but yeah it's a fine movie the soundtrack however is so much better than the movie that happens sometimes <laughs> and this is one of those examples um fuck yeah and the age of the soundtrack that's also mm -hmm. just a very like 90s thing right yeah just, like I used to have having so a many band, soundtracks having a band do a soundtrack too right. is so cool that is so cool like that and you know it's it is both a soundtrack and it's a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album mm -hmm. right it it works in concert with the movie it also 
could completely stand on its own if the film had never been made. And it does. Um, and it does. So there's a, the other only other thing I noticed about this is it has been re-released with a reworked track listing mm-hmm. as as Angel Dream for Record Store Day in 2021. I don't know if you've seen that around. Um, and I'm also not sure the one thing I couldn't find, especially because this the Angel Dream release was after obviously after Tom passed. Yeah. Is like the reworked track listing. Was there some thinking behind that? Like whose decision was that? To like I like the track the listing. For I this. do too, and that's why it made me curious as I was looking at it. Like you know what the difference could be. Yeah, what the difference could be. But you know, so if you if you're listening and you're a big Tom Pettyhead and you know that, send us a DM. Absolutely, Instagram account. Um, so it starts with Walls, Circus, mm-hmm. um, a fantastic fucking song, and I am constantly going back and forth between whether I like this version. Or the other version. Or, or the other version better. They're both my favorite song on this record. Okay. So this is number two for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I decided... I thought this might have been your favorite, so I, I'm, I, I'm striking out today. Well, yeah. And I... Where did I put was your favorite? Yeah, I, I'm wrong too. Um, what did you think was my favorite on the first one? I... On the first one? Or on... Uh, Wildflowers. On Wildflowers, I thought it was going to be um, You Wreck Me, and which was mine, too. I thought we were both going to pick that one. Damn, I thought we were both going to pick this one. <laughs> LMAO. And, and um, on this one, I thought you were going to pick Zero from Outer Space. Okay. It's a bop. It is a bop. You know, um, sometimes... Walls, the... Dude, Walls, though, one of my favorite choruses ever. It is perfect. That's why I I texted you my um your reworking of the lyrics. My reworking of it. I appreciated today. them. Yeah, I knew you would because mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a sign of respect of uh-huh. the song, you know, that I could do that. Um, you know what I decided? I agree it's one of the best choruses. So what I think would be perfect would be I like Walls um 3 that comes later on the record that it's more guitar driven. Yep. But I, this one has to win because of the backing vocals in the chorus. Yeah. Because the other version doesn't have the heart big. Yeah. Crush, no, crush. dude. It has to have that. It's so perfect. Yeah. So much of both of these. Like, I, I love how big this song is. And mm-hmm. then I love the stripped down version too. Um, I wrote this straight up might be one of my, like, might be my favorite Tom Petty song out fucking right. It, it's. It's in my top five for sure. It's beautiful. It's fucking amazing. Also, I watched the music video today for the first time. Insane music video. I don't think I've ever seen the music video. It is wild. (laughs) Well, it's circus. So, okay. I'm going to like circus themed. It's pretty bizarre. I'm going to look at most Tom Petty videos. Yeah. He he (laughs) does have a knack for making really weird videos. Um, Um, But yeah, fucking hit, dude. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. The hits are hits for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is a just absolute banger of a song yeah. um, i grew up fast i love how it kicks in like yes you know i'm a real sucker for the like you can do a quiet and then you can turn it up and rock mm-hmm. it and and you know again i don't think it's like one of the best songs but it's a damn good one yeah i wrote the songs honestly not bad and i, I said i mean no offense when i say it good background music 
Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's great background music. It's not but something. Then, then in the second listen, I said, actually, it's kind of heavy and I'm totally in now. <laughs> Dude. And the and lines like, well, you know who I am. So don't treat me like I'm someone else. Just badass That's shit. That's, <laughs> That's a hard, hard line, right? <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. Um, I pick zero from outer space as, you know, potentially the one you'd like the most because it is just a straight ripper. Um, this song has Dylan vibes too. I think this song sounds like what Highway 61 would sound like if it came out in the 90s. Yo, that is spot on. Respect. Yeah, this song fucking rocks. <laughs> it really rules. So I wasn't like far off in thinking that you would love no, this song. No, I really like this song. It's, it's, it's only because I Walls this song is existed. that good. Yeah, yep. I forgot it, this song existed. It's another one for me in the same vein. Like I didn't remember mm -hmm. it at all. Um, Next song too. Climb That Hill, I did remember. Um, I didn't remember this one. It's a great example of one of the like mid-tempo rockers that I mm -hmm. think he had a lot of throughout the career. You know, it's not super fast, but it's it's in the middle. Um, and I, I think it falls again into what you said earlier, like great background music. And that's not an insult. But not every I song. I think this song has a pretty killer riff. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Dude, this was one of the songs on this, or this was at the point when I was like, wait, it's insane how well they did writing a song, like with the songwriting for a fucking soundtrack. Right? <laughs> like it made me so curious too, and I didn't do a lot of research, but just like the stories behind how the collaboration came about. You know what I mean? Of, he didn't have to go this hard. He didn't. He totally didn't, but but he did. Yeah. Um, he could that, have wrote one hit. Right. And some background music. And even the background music fucking jams. Exactly. Um, but and there's yeah. multiple hits. Multiple, like, excellent hits. Um, the next song, though, Change the Locks, is one of the few that I don't really love. I just think it's too repetitive. Really? It's oh, very I love repetitive. this song. I don't really like Change the Locks. No. This is one I forgot existed. And uh, one thing I wrote is these fucking riffs. I, I like can hear it. Locks. It's 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 too repetitive for me. I can hear it. I can I can hear you hearing that, but <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> you know my stupid opinions and how I'm gonna respond to certain things. I appreciate. I mean, that. I'm also usually the repetitive been, hater. So I mean, dude, we're coming up on almost a year that we've been doing this. So that's so crazy. I know it is. Um, and what do we have to show for it? pure joy that's what we have yeah fucking rules it's been one of my favorite things um okay the next song angel dream number four two things it's a beautiful song it makes me very emotional oh yes and it wasn't until listening for this episode that i realized alabama pines by jason isbell is pretty much this song really like i need to check that the chord progressions are almost exactly the same. That's amazing. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's different enough that yeah. it's not a straight riff, but like straight rip, but I'm like curious now because it is, it's one of those where I feel like I could play them at the same time and they'd be, and in they would key. link up. They would like stay in key because that's like amazing. Like, um, that's awesome. If I mean, I'm sure either intentional or subconscious. Yeah. But like incredible I'm, thing to steal. From. Oh, absolutely. She's the one soundtrack. That's awesome. And this is, you know, in Alabama Pines, I think has gotten overlooked um, because it was from the time period, you know, basically the 
the Jason Isbell time period of after he left truckers, but before he got sober and put out Southeastern. Um, and in that period of time, he had some great stuff. He also had a lot of stuff that's not good at all and was just in a very unhealthy place in his life. Um, but Alabama Pines uh, off Here We Rest like won some awards and it is definitely the standout track off of that record. Um, so yeah, listen to them side by side or, you know, back to back. And I think you'll, you'll hear it. I can hear it right now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, you know, I've, I've known and I remembered Angel Dream from, I, I kind of forgot yeah. about this song, honestly. Um, I, one thing I wrote is stop it. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> it hurts too much, man. You yeah, stop dude, this. this song's beautiful. Like I, 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 I absolutely love it. It's so good. A truly beautiful song. Like gives me all the feels. Makes like I wrote good. this song is fucking beautiful. Like we both hit the same word for this song. <laughs> Spot fucking on, man. Um, so next is hope you never. And I wrote you had mentioned this about one of the other songs off of wildflowers like there are so many tom petty albums that this would fit right on oh yeah um it's a great song i love mm -hmm. the guitar work not my favorite but certainly not a skipper i wrote a uh, song has weird effects it's not terrible it doesn't have the gas the other tracks do mm, um, I hear that. but i wrote it is just simply catchy simply catchy yeah that's like you said even the stuff that is background music is fucking killer mm -hmm. it is just catchy Asshole is a Beatles song. Song uh, has no gas. No gas. Skip. And it, it's just, it's late era, <laughs> weird rubber soul Beatles to me. Um, yeah. I um, do not care for this. And Supernatural Radio, he goes from the Beatles to Pink Floyd um, on Supernatural Radio. Just the guitar, to be clear. Mm -hmm. But it's like a heavily phased guitar sound that sounds like Pink Floyd. And this Supernatural Radio, I put into the category of not my favorite but definitely a good song i wrote uh um i like the riff um again i thought this one has no gas um but i wrote for this one in particular i feel in this song how it is definitely written for a movie it does feel like a movie song yeah i hear like, that too. this might have been like like this he could have written seven songs like this mm -hmm. and walls and angel number four and that could have been perfectly serviceable for what he was hired to do right but it did instead so, <laughs> he did so much more it's so much more <laughs> yeah so the next song california this I song thought... tripped me out for a second why did it trip you up because i had to look up like she's the one is an east coast movie right it is and, an then east coast. I, and then i had to go and i had to had the moment where Wait, do I know what she's the ones about? I had the the thing I go through every like three to four years that leads to me watching she's the one again to go, oh yeah, that's how the movie goes. Because they don't go. They I had go that to, moment where I was like, did I forget how this movie goes? Do they go to California? Do they go to no! New Orleans? They go to New Orleans, no, right? Las Vegas. Las or Vegas. no, 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 it's New Orleans. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Somebody drives to New Orleans. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, like drives the cab to New Orleans, yeah. right? Um, I didn't remember this song at all, California. Same. But I wrote, I like this because this is how I feel about California. <laughs> like, I don't remember it's, now it's, anything about this song. Basically, it's not my home, 
but it's been it's been good to me. I hope it don't fall into the sea. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's a simple simple song, and it feels very California. You know. Um, yeah. Which a, and a that's lot of why it tripped me out does. so yeah. bad. Yeah. I was it, like, this is an East Coast movie, right? I wonder if Tom was like, well, I got this song that's going on the record, and um, it it's going on the record, and yeah. nobody can stop me. So I don't know. I mean, honestly, um, bully to him. <clears throat> Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I, there's an interesting lyrically, I just really identified it. Cause there's some just stuff in there about like, California has been good to me. I hope it don't fall into the sea. Now it's time to roll on, you know? Um, and it's interesting. He, I think he lived more of his life in California than he did in Florida. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I liked it and I didn't remember it at all. Um, and then we go into this instrumental hope on board which basically is just an intro to walls yeah and i will say this dude i thought more of this record was like this with like yeah there's only like two instrumental tracks yeah um i thought more of it was instrumental and when when listening to this i was like oh there's tracks on this definitely record yeah yeah crazy it is um it leads excellently into walls it really does and i think that's part of why i'm like I like this like more straightforward stripped down version of walls, but like it it's missing the killer catchy backing vocals of the yeah. other version. So I do think it sounds awesome stripped down though. It does. It, like the like guitar liter- driven part of it does work. I totally agree. Literally like it's, that would be my compromise would be like, just do the same chorus backing vocals on this version. On this one. Yeah, one thing I wrote is I really can't choose which is my favorite. They just both are. I, that's how I feel about Angel Dream. Um, and I don't think the two these two versions of Angel Dream, number four and number two. So Angel Dream is your favorite song? It is. Yeah. Fucking good pick. Yeah. Um, it's the other hit. <laughs> it's the other hit. Uh, I, I This is one where, like you said with Walls, I don't think I can decide which one I prefer. The um, second one's my favorite. Mm, tell me why you prefer that to the i don't know it's just beautiful man (laughs) something about the second one just really hits me in a different way i hear that they're both are amazing they're both amazing i i I it might even be that i'm just more more um like i i've heard the first one already so when the second one comes on i'm like even more excited Uh that the second one's on now that i'm getting it again that might be why i like it more is because i i should try listening to them in the reverse that's interesting because it, and it is too. That's where like the soundtrack feeling comes in when there's mm-hmm. a, re- a reprise, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's like a very like theatrical thing. We're going to come back to this song that you heard earlier. Um, but yeah, super cool. Um, and I got to tell you, man, I would love it if the soundtrack ended right there. Yeah, um, it should. The only thing I have for hung up and overdue is too long to be this boring. Too long to be this boring. It reminds me of another one of the like trippy experimental era Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then all that's left after that is the airport instrumental, which is just like, okay. To which I a... wrote patiently waiting for Frazier Crane to start scatting over this. Exactly. There's a random <laughs> jazz outro there. You know what I mean? Which again, like, okay, it might've belonged in the movie, but I don't need to listen to it on this record. Right. No, no, no. Um, yeah. What a, what a killer soundtrack. It's might, so good. <laughs> might be the, I mean, I'm trying to think of other examples of, you know, soundtracks that were written for a movie and not that, that aren't just compilations, you mm-hmm. know? Um, 
and I'm having, I don't know of that many, honestly, I don't think there are that many. And I don't, Aside from like what purple rain, which I mean, that's a different thing because he made the movie too. It's right. Cause the other examples, the, the artist made the movie purple rain, the wall by Mm -hmm. Pink Floyd, you know, those were like, it was all part of the one pack. Tom Petty was a hired gun and he killed it. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it stands alone. Like as that it's brilliant. Um, I'm excited to talk about greatest hits then. Um, yeah, so I figure we just talk about the songs we haven't talked about. Exactly. Um, and I picked a favorite out of these songs we haven't talked about. And I I swung at a favorite for you. Okay. We'll see if I'm right. <laughs> All right. Well, should we just lead with that? Or do you want to go Yeah, let's lead it? with that. Let's do Listen to Her Heart. Listen to Her Heart is a good song. It's my favorite one. It's your favorite song? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Of these songs. Hmm. Power pop motherfucker, dude. It I was picking another power pop song for you. He's I, he's the undisputed king of this shit. If you if you picked I, another, the another power pop song, when we get to it, you might have picked my second pick. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you when we get to it, because I picked another one of the power pop songs. It's a great song. Huge production on this track. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Arena power pop. It's so catchy. The guitar. She, it's so bright. She. It's so bright. And just like, she might need a lot of loving, but she don't need you. She don't me. need you. <laughs> <laughs> or isn't there a, there's a line about with your money and your cocaine? Yep. Or something. I was like, yeah, man, fuck you. Yes. She's going to listen yes. to her heart and she's going to, yes. she's going to. It's going to tell her what to do. <laughs> she's going to pick old, she's going to pick old Tommy P from. Gainesville, Florida. So fucking catchy, dude. Yeah, it's really good. Well, it's just so funny that you picked that because mine is I Need to Know, which is a fucking punk rock song. White Reaper, dude. I hear how much White Reaper steals from Tom Petty. Dude. And I never heard it till we started doing this. That rules. Because I just, like, I need to know, and I'm especially thinking, this is 1978. This is a punk song. Yeah, this like, motherfucker, dude, that riff up. is, that shit rocks, dude. Yeah, like fast, hard, short. You know, song is two song is 224, and it just shows, you know, we've talked about this, 224 at a time when so People many were, other popular yeah. artists were writing long stuff, and when he often did that himself yep. at other points in his career, but it just showed he could master all of it. He's like, I can take you on a fucking seven-minute journey. I can also fucking rip in two minutes you know and dude it's like a steppenwolf ass ass riff in this song yeah man that's yeah it really is like uh i just closing my eyes right now i can just hear that god it fucking rocks dude and then and then the the hold you know because they play the intro riff and then when the vocals come in it's and the drums dude yeah it's fast. It's so sick, dude. I just need to hear it. Damn. All right. Well, I, I, I struck out this time. Three strikes. Right. Fuck. It happens. All right. Um, the waiting. The waiting is next. So that's what I picked for you. Another power pop song. Oh well, then never mind. There's there's another there's another power oh. pop song that uh that um that would have been my second pick if if I it see. wasn't for me just realizing today listen to your heart or listen to her heart is my favorite listen to her heart yeah i um, again the waiting I, i'm just so so on the waiting honestly interesting 
I just think it, I think it's got a really good chorus. Like I, I, I like the build that he does in the vocals. Is like the waiting is the hardest part, and then it keeps building up. Mm-hmm. Take it on faith, you take it to the heart. The waiting <laughs> is the hardest part. I this rules. Yeah, like, no, it, it, and, he goes there. And then what I really like the bridge in this song too. No matter you bear. Yeah, Don't no, he does the he does the Tom Petty thing. Yeah, the he struts. He struts. <laughs> his, he struts his strut. His voice. It's the strut. Yeah. Get to you. Um, um fucking yeah, no, I think I mean I think it's definitely it's undisputed classic Tom Petty yeah. song, but I've always been so so on this song for some reason. All right, I hear you. Um, what about you got lucky? It always reminds me too much of the Gremlins theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was expecting <laughs> to hear. I don't off the top of my head, I can't remember the Gremlins theme song. It's a wait, is it like dun, 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 dun. yep, that's it. That's it. Fuck. It's the synth, it's like the same tone yeah. of synth. So I just like, I don't know, that's where I'm at. I don't know. I watched the okay. music video for the first time today, and it's like a Road Warrior style music video. It's pretty Dude, silly, so weird. Yeah, speaking of weird music videos, don't come around here no more. I loved this music video when I was a kid. Oh, I did. I loved the <laughs> I loved the video more than the song, frankly. Like, Honestly, I think I agree too. The song, I mean, this is like I can look at it now and go like, was this him trying to be like talking heads? You know what I, I mean? Forgot what I wrote about this song. Well, the other thing that started to make sense, I just again, I don't. It's a weird song, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's weird even by Tom Petty standards. He wrote this song. With a guy named David Allen Stewart. David Allen Stewart was in the Eurythmics with Annie Lennox. Oh, that's cool. So that's that vibe, I think. Dude, that Annie Lennox diva record mm. is an all time for me. Yeah, no doubt. It has um, like five hits on it. I mean, Annie Lennox rules, but like yeah. it, it makes sense now when you think about, oh, this, the same guy that wrote part of don't come around here no more wrote sweet dreams yeah you know what i mean like that's awesome yeah um <laughs> i totally forgot what i wrote about this one i started laughing when i looked at it um uh i wrote I absolutely love the music video for this song when i was little and uh this song sounds like whatever the music from the future and bill and ted would logically sound like <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking funny dude um but dude yo one thing though about this song when the guitar kicks in at the end yeah and starts rocking uh-huh that part fucking rules it really does that part fucking rules it's completely different from the rest of the song but jesus that part it, fucking rocks it, it really does give you this it's like what if we just like made it fast and like rocked yeah what if we just wailed been, at the end of this give it up Stop. We've been doing that for 20 minutes. So um, <laughs> so good. It it really is, man. It's fucking it's so funny. it made me wonder, like, did this indirectly lead to you know when you would see more people um like high at music festivals wearing fucking like Mad Hatter and Cat in the Hat hats? Well, dude, like that? this th- th- this period of time too, and um because coming out of this, I always thought when I was a kid that the Mad Hatter in the Batman the Animated Series looked like Tom Petty. 
So, oh, so you're saying because of the video, because, I think it's because like, of this music video or yeah. like either they drew him to kind of like favor, like he had like the teeth a little bit and like the, like yeah. the nose, like I could see that. I always like, I always associated them together when I was little because of this music video and also because of, uh, I think they kind of drew him like that a little bit. Dude, I'd have to go back and see what he looked like, but I, I grew up I on that you. Batman, the animated series. It was like my favorite show when I was a kid. I think I, I think I was a little old for it, um, but I remember it. Um, it's pretty cool. I was probably like, you know, doing cool stuff by then. Yeah, I like, was just sitting at home watching cartoons. <laughs> I was joking. I was not doing cool stuff at all. Um, so then we move on to the songs from Into the Great Wide Open. Yep, Learning to um, Fly. Learning to Fly. What a fucking great song. This would have been my second favorite. Oh, okay, that makes sense fucking rules dude such just, an uplifting song it is an uplifting song it's just like no pun intended i'm not well <laughs> it's one of those like i'm never mad at this mm -hmm. this could come on at any time in any place and i'd be like fuck yeah man um it's just oh it's so catchy dude and it's it's sores like yes it, i mean again we're using all these learning to fly is appropriate because it really feels it really feels like that it's like a very airy song mm -hmm. um Music video is cool too. I watched it today. It's a great video. I remember this one. I also remember the video from Into the Great Wide Open because Johnny. Depp's I didn't, it. and I wrote that. I said I don't remember Johnny Depp being yeah. in the music video. What the fuck? I remember. So I remember two things about this. I remember Johnny Depp being in the music video because I had just like recently been like a oh I was like that's fucking Edward Scissorhands you know like and you know knowing who Johnny Depp was. And then two, the line about a roadie named Bart always just made me think of Bart Simpson. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I would be thinking about like Bart Simpson in like a bandana with like shitty tattoos out on the road with. So logically what Bart Simpson would look like. Yeah. As an adult. As right. An adult. So <laughs> that's what I remember. I mean, it's a, it's a cool song. Um, I wrote, uh, it feels very nineties. It's so nineties, man. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I like it, but it's like not, I, I like it too, but I think of his like hits, it's one of the mids ones for me. It's, it's mid. I will give you that for sure. Um, Mary and Jane's then, last dance, dude, this is the new track that they put on and became one of his biggest hits. I thought um, this was going to be your favorite song. It's definitely up there. Um, it it is a it's it's another like quintessential Tom Petty track in a way. Just a, it's a it's a it's um it's a distillation of the slower storytelling side yeah. of Tom. He goes Petty hard stuff. in this song. He really does. Um, this song's sexy. It's really who was in the video? Um, was it Kim Basinger? Oh yeah, I think it, it might be. Yeah, I mean yeah, shit, all, it might be. All the hot I watched the music video earlier. Dude, all the hot 90 stars wanted to be in Tom Petty videos, you know, so that's what's up. Because um, they saw the video for Don't Come Around Here No More, and they were like, this guy's wild. And they thought he was going to have him doing, like, fun shit in Alice in Wonderland, and instead he was like, what if you were like... Yeah, it is Kim Basinger. Holy shit. I'd... And then, you know, Kim Basinger, who's in a million things, all I always remember Speaking about of her, Batman. So, is, you know... Yeah, she's in Batman. She's in a million other things. 
but whenever I think about her, I think about Wayne's world too. Um, when she's with Garth, do you remember oh, this? Shit. She is with Garth. <laughs> he's like, hold me Garth. And he's got the bubble pipe or whatever. Like, and he meets her at the laundromat, I think. So really. good. What a great movie. <laughs> what a fucking fantastic movie. Who's going to be playing at Wayne stock? Uh, Aerosmith and Pearl Jam. Some of the best shit of all time is the roadie training scenes in oh, Wayne's it's World Two. Beautiful dude. Where they're are they like <laughs> shooting like tennis, tennis like yeah, tennis balls they out pull, of other? They pull so the good. mic stand down so he has to run and pick it up and they shoot tennis balls at him. And I think Chris Farley like Chris collapses Farley, on the yeah, stage. It's so good, dude. Or the the, the English guy like to we had to beat him to death with his own shoes. <laughs> What does he say? He goes, Justin, Jeff Beck pops his head in and says there's a sweet shop on the edge of town, but there's a Bengal tiger guard in the place. He's like so <laughs> soft-spoken. I've seen Wayne's World 2 400 times. I actually, so in the age of the huge, like, you know, CD book, whatever story, the, mm-hmm. you know, your Tower Records, Virgin Megastore, the different parts of the country had different ones, right? Yeah. The Virgin, when the Virgin Megastore at Union Square in Manhattan closed down and they had like a, you know, huge clearance liquidation sale, I, this was in like the late 2000s. So not that long ago, but long enough pre like streaming everything. So I still had DVDs, right? And they had every DVD was like a dollar. And I went down there and cleaned up. And one of the things I bought was the Wayne's World one and two on one disc. And I fucking wore that shit out. Dude, they're fucking brilliant movies, man. <laughs> so good. Um, so um, last he yeah, yeah last dance with Mary song. Jane or Mary Jane's last dance is, is fucking phenomenal. I, I will say this, dude, just being a little kid, um, the lyrics in this song, like I think made me like horny in a way that I like couldn't <laughs> like quite. Dude, it's a real like, horny song. Like, but I couldn't like 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 i don't know like identify like what this feeling I was i was feeling like i knew it was like weird but what like i don't know what does it, it matter feel a way that i couldn't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have nothing to say man but i know exactly what you mean yeah it's like a it's it's not like a super explicit song but mm-hmm. it is like super horny in its own way. Like, why do we need to know that her mama was good looking if she never was around? Um, why was she standing the, in her underwear? In her underwear. There's pigeons now. <laughs> <laughs> looking down for or like Indiana boys on an Indiana night. It, it the lyrics are all just. It's but it's, it's very very sexy. It, it's very sexy, but they're all <laughs> like I can look at it now and go, it's just stuff that he was like, This is cool. This sounds cool. Yeah. Um it's a great song. It's great. And then the I had never realized all these years, but it makes sense now. I didn't know something in the air was a cover. Okay, um, what's it a cover of? So this you're gonna think I made these names up. Some something in the air was by a band called Thunderclap Newman. Which was yeah, sounds like you just picked words. Which was Pete Townshend's from the Who's band before the Who. Okay. Um, and the songwriter, his name was Speedy Keen. <laughs> so sure. 
Speedy Keen from Thunderclap Newman wrote something in the air, and it was it was Pete Townsend's uh, pre-Who band. If I didn't um, have something to say about this at this point, I would take my headphones out and walk out on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> after, after Speedy Keen from Thunderclap Newman. Oh, yeah. I, 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 it's only 10 30 but if you feels like i know it, do you think that's like three o'clock in the morning i just think about it in the context of like talking about when you it's like yeah man oh tied down was awesome dude yeah i got to catch up with speedy from thunderclap um <laughs> i was fucking gassing him up dude they're i, I think they're really about to take off <laughs> yo i mean if i will if i could punish speaking <laughs> from thunderclap newman um <laughs> it's funny dude because we started this two-parter on how much that first song on the self-titled sounds like the beatles yeah this is a beatles song totally i mean and it's it's banks absolutely and you can tell it's like from another like in that same time period it was another english band trying to do it right yeah, dude yeah so, no this damn i am i am i gonna have to fucking check out a band called thunderclap newman now maybe you are i haven't fuck me i love this song yeah it's a great song um call up i think it's also where i learned the word instigator um and you yeah know god that it's, so, it's, it's right it's catchy as hell it's, it's so catchy song. dude it's incredible it does sound like it, it is a beatles song i thought it was i i when i looked up I guess I did look up and see that it wasn't the Beatles mm -hmm. and then just didn't look into who actually wrote it <laughs> there. I mean, I didn't like clearly we've both been loving the song for years and years and years and years. And it literally was today that I was like, that you learned that that I was like, well, let today me years old. Yeah. I was today years old when I was like, let me Wikipedia Tom Petty's greatest hits to see if there's anything else notable about this and that's what it was oh and i did realize too it's even though there's two different covers for this record the track listings are the same yeah i realized that today that's why i panically texted you yeah to make sure we were working off the right one right i You're realized right, i looked at it and went oh yeah i just choked on water oh uh, um great yeah a little thunderclap a little thunderclap oh. going on in my um <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I like panicked for a second because so I was like, oh my God, what if we were listening to different fucking greatest hits this whole time? When well, you hit me with the track list, I was like, okay. Thank God, it's the same one. The same. <clears throat> yeah, well, and it's interesting too because there's so many like artists of like Tom Petty's caliber that like greatest hits will come out that they, you know, it'll be like American Masters and it's stuff that like they didn't put mm -hmm. out. You know what I mean? But like this was his record. He put, you know, he put... They did greatest hits and then they added one new song that he wrote and one cover. Um, but it made for, I mean, it's hard to argue with it. They picked the hits, they picked the hits. Yep. Yeah, they are, um, they are arguably the greatest hits, the great, like literally. So it's not just a clever name. Um, the greatest hits. Well, man, we've been going at this for a while and it's a two parter. So I think the only thing we have left to do is do a little ranking yeah let's um, rank these motherfuckers which is which has been tough but I'll, I'll let me just come out of the gate and say this it doesn't feel fair but my number one has to be the greatest hits um because it has the 
biggest collection of the the songs we loved the songs i love and that's like not so it almost makes me want to remove it from mm-hmm. you know last yeah, let's, let's remove it let's, let's do these let's do these yeah. five then because i think it would have to be my number one if yep. if just based on that all right so how do you want to do this do you want us to like reveal each at the same time or yeah what's your number one my number one is wildflowers i think i'm full moon fever mm. we're not going to be the same at all here yeah number my two number, then my number two is damn the torpedoes damn the torpedoes okay my number two is going to be wildflowers okay <laughs> my number three is full moon fever my number three is going to be the self-titled okay my number four is going to be she's the one same okay and i'm putting self-titled at five and to be clear they're all amazing they're all amazing (laughs) but i did have just have to factor in i have like side b of self-titled has some skippers for me yeah i it doesn't have as many skippers for me and Mm -hmm. damn the torpedoes does so yeah Mm -hmm. i think i knew damn the torpedoes was gonna fall at the end of my list Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it was my number two and i'm right yeah yeah which is where it was on the fucking billboard top 10 always because it was up against the wall by pink floyd i think we talked about that last time it was like for literally for months that year one and two were always the wall and damn the torpedoes amazing um can't win them all bud can't win them all i'd love it it was so tom petty for him to be like i love pink floyd but i fucking hated him that year um (laughs) that's so badass (laughs) what a fucking g dude yeah so man thank you for joining us on this journey uh tom petty rest in fucking peace man like it's why it's hard to believe it's already been six years um rest rest in power pop rest in power pop my dude um and you know i'm too tired I'm, i'm trying to like think of something inspirational to say about like make the lyrics to wildflowers your reality before you die um everybody I just i think that's it that's it man <laughs> we just we just all need that reminder every once in a while that like this will all end so spend as little of it as you can doing shit that won't matter in the long run we're all gonna have to do that shit for survival mm-hmm. but let's try to put it in as small of a compartment as we can um and cherish the times you get to be around people you care about man fuck yeah that the weekend in detroit man dude it's amazing flying high on all the awesome conversations i had with people that i see three times a year right it's amazing just i don't know i I let everybody know when i'm leaving an interaction with them and i don't know when i'll see them again how much they mean you got to do that man i love that tyler man i appreciate you shout out tied down shout out tom petty shout out to fucking living a life where you fucking appreciate of all the shittiness that's on this planet, how awesome it is that we get to inhabit it with so many fucking dope people. Um, fuck yes. Fuck yeah, man. I'm so glad we're doing this. This made my week. Um, all right, friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back to you with some more regularly scheduled Steve Earl centric programming soon, but um, 
I'm really glad we did this. Hell yeah. All right. Have a good one. Peace.